Welcome to the Freight Broker Bootcamp audio experience, and I'm your host, Dennis Brown. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce my guest. This gentleman goes by the name of Romeo Davila. And Romeo, Romeo, can you hear me? I hear you. Awesome. Thank you for being here, my friend. Romeo and I met not long ago, and uh, I'll do a quick introduction he was the gentleman. He's a past student of mine. Uh, we He was following me, and I'll let him kind of tell that story. But he started his freight agency a couple of years ago, went on to build that business to over $12,000 a month in commission that he was sticking in his pocket, profit in his pocket, and now has just launched his own freight brokerage. So his freight broker authority just went active, just went live. Welcome, Romeo. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So tell everybody where you're based out of, because I think this might shock a few people. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm based out of Guatemala, or in Spanish, that's Guatemala. So you're, uh, you're in Guatemala. So have you ever been to the United States? Never. I've okay. never been there. Um, I, I don't, I mean, I don't even have any plans yet to go there, maybe in one or two years, because um uh, part of the plan is is uh, go there and just uh, starting a, a trucking business. But by then we plan to to do some some other stuff. But as of now, there's uh, I've I've never been there. So what year did you start your freight agency business? It was a few a few years ago, uh, more than three years ago. I started a, at a company. Um, I just saw a post on Facebook of a remote job. I started there, but I, I was there just like maybe three weeks and I couldn't do nothing. But I had a friend who was doing some good numbers. But like uh, around in 2020, year 2020, I started all, all over again. Uh, I I decided to quit my job and, and put all my energy on that because I, I knew for a fact that I, uh, I was going to start making more money. Uh, at the beginning, my first month, I only do $500. And that, that was a profit. I was commissioning uh, on that only $250. It was not yeah, so you were getting 50%. So, and, so let me just kind of rehash. You, you tried an agency a few years ago, and you were at it for a few weeks, and you struggled and failed. And then yes. you decided in 2020 to try it again and relaunch. So in 2020, you became a freight agent for another company. Correct. And in that year, in your, fir your first month, you said you only did $500 in profit, right? Yes. Right. So $500 in profit as an agent means you only made 250 bucks. That doesn't go a long ways, does it? No. Okay. No. So then after your first month, it continued to grow. So tell us, what did you do your first, that first full year in 2020? How much do, uh, approximately what did you do in sales and profit? In sales, um, cross profit, it was close to half a million, was $492,000. So $492,000 in gross sales and then mm -hmm. in profit. Profit was $101,000 in some exchange. So there you go. So you, so your first year, you generated $100,000 in profit. And as an agent, you were getting 50% of that, correct? Correct. So you made about $50,000 your first full year as an agent with no experience after just finding a job board, uh, a job uh, 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 post on Facebook. Uh -huh. Correct. 
Right. And okay, great. So, so that was year one. So tell us about year two. Tell us about 2021. Okay. Uh, that, that year was, was better, way better. The, the difference was that I was uh, not only working by myself, I had, uh, a couple of guys working with me. Um, I started to hire people. Uh, as sub agents, right? As sub agents. Correct. Right. And I was and paying them a certain commission. Uh, I had an agreement with the company and um, they paid me a higher amount, of course, then I was just paying them a flat amount every month. And um, we we had our, we hit around $850,000 approximately. In, in gross sales. In gross sales. Yep. And what in about around, profit? Uh -huh, exactly. In around 100 and if I'm not mistaken, it was it should be around one hundred and eighty six thousand dollars in profit. In in profit, correct. Right, and so that was the year where you personally, as an agent, you were making you made over your best month was twelve thousand dollars in your pocket after all your expenses. No, that th that's kind of uh, the, the the transition because I I was already uh, working as an in an agency model. But I didn't have like uh, no one, so I was between agent and agency. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. And uh, but I, I didn't have that work by then. It was on. Uh, it was actually on the on the first uh, year by month eight, eight or nine. If I'm mm -hmm. not, yeah. Yeah, we don't need exact numbers, but I mean, you you know, you may. So in your first year, you did a half a million in sales and a hundred thousand in profit. In your second year, you did about eight hundred and forty thousand in sales and about one hundred and eighty six thousand in profit. Mm -hmm. And so that was year one and year two. So that was two thousand, the end of two thousand twenty one. So just so everybody knows the date today, what is it? The date today? What is it? the twenty fourth of January two thousand twenty two? So at the end of two thousand twenty one, you decided you were going to start to launch your own brokerage. Is that correct? Yeah, we started to plan that on on September, on on August. On September, we had we had the the very first conversations with uh with my partner in the states, and uh, I I I told him that that I wanted to open a a new brokerage. At this point, I had I had to have someone in the states that I could fully trust, because in order to do that, you have to fully trust. It's going to be your partner, and, and I was going to invest everything, pay the the bond. I had to pay the UCR registration, URS registration on the FMCSA, so that way I could get the DOT first, then submit all the paperwork, then get yep. the bond, bonds approval. Then once I get the bonds, the bond approval, the your MC uh, number, MC <clears throat> number, correct? Yeah. Yep. So, so you yep. started that in the summer, fall, and then that yeah. that kind of that process and then in when did your broker authority go active on january 10th so literally just a couple of weeks ago your broker authority went active so you're in the process right now of converting your agency business all of your customers and freight and revenue from your agency business in over into your brokerage right now correct correct all right good so let's talk a little bit about the agency stuff before we dive into the brokerage side so so do you have a specific niche that you focus on in your, uh, you know, for your freight that you go after? Is it steel? Is it produce? Is it, uh, what do you, what do you typically do? Is it heavy haul? What, what type of freight do you typically move? Right now we're moving 
heavy equipment, machinery, uh, construction machinery. That's one of the one one of the niches we, that we are working on. So that's one of the primary niches that you that you dug into when you you know that grew that helped you grow your agency. Yes. Gotcha. The, the the reason why we decided to dig into that is because I I personally uh, took some time to investigate that niche. The everything regarding machinery usually is paid before it it goes out of the yard. So I decided to call only owners and uh, and dealerships. I mean, company owners and dealerships of machinery because yeah. I was able to close deals where they could pay me a before the 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 load is, is delivered or yeah. while so it you is get, so it cash flows well so they pay you quickly mm -hmm. because of the size of the invoices and exactly about, right so so you decided to focus in on that niche and one of the reasons why you did is because you knew you would get paid quickly and cash flow was an important thing right Yes. So, um, the other thing I love about the, the heavy haul industry or oversized and overdimensional is that it's it's definitely more complex and it definitely has some unique nuances. But what I found is that a lot of brokers, new brokers, new agents are afraid of heavy haul because because you got to understand one week you might be moving, uh, you know, a crane that weighs a certain amount that's a certain height. And the next time the next load might be completely different. Right. It has totally different weight, totally different dimensions, requires totally different permits, has to have a totally different carrier. And there's a lot of complexity to heavy haul. But if you invest time and energy and, re and you research it and you learn it, um, it can be an incredible competitive advantage because most people won't do that. Is that what you found? Yes. Uh, I, I started on, on that particular niche because um, I, I was looking for something that that could generate money or en enough money without selling uh, that much and uh, and also because of the cash flow um, at the beginning the company didn't have a a strong credit so that that was an, another reason why I also started with flatbed freight specifically in construction um, in construction supplies basically blocks and, and cement and and everything regarding that but I, I couldn't move uh, all of their volume because of that now we are able to move uh, we were able to move maybe from August of last year uh, to December a consistent freight and dedicated freight with uh, some of our of our customers that, that we were able to get on on that niche uh, also local our local runs in Texas, South Texas to Houston, and um, and we were able to also connect with a new. <clears throat> it's not me. It's uh, one one of my guys was able to connect with a new shipper that is moving uh, re recycled rubber. So we 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 are able now to move more freight because we have a better credit. Gotcha. Very good. Okay. Cool. So you've you've. Dabbled in a few different niches. You did some just some straight flatbed freight where you were doing construction equipment. You've done um, some some um, some heavy equipment where you've moved heavy equipment, and you've also done now you're doing some recycling, right? Because it's more Correct. recycled rubber. So you you're diversifying into different niches, and I want to spend a minute on this because here's the thing: this is exactly what I did when I first started. I picked one niche, 
and I focus very heavily on it. And that's, I, I'm a strong believer in that. You focus very heavily on that niche, develop that niche, develop your skills, develop the pricing, develop the relationships with your shippers, develop relationships with carriers, and really get that, start to get that flow, right? Where you've got something that's had, that's, that's predictable. And then from there, you can always extend out into other niches. This is the thing that most people don't understand. Just because you start in one niche doesn't mean you're limited to that niche only for the rest of your career. I mean, you can expand into other niches, just like Romeo did, just like I did, just like any other successful broker agent does in most cases. So, so yeah, so I think that's interesting. So on the agent side, tell me this, as far as like, uh, give us an example of one of your most profitable, if you can recall, one of your most profitable loads that you've ever moved, probably a heavy equipment load, I'm assuming, right? Because it was probably big dollar signs. Give us an example of maybe the one of the most profitable loads you've ever moved. The most profitable load, it's kind of embarrassing and truck trucking companies will kill me. But anyway, <laughs> uh, it was a it was a load that the shipper was paying about forty, no, like thirty eight, thirty eight thousand five hundred dollars on that mm -hmm. load. Thirty eight thousand five hundred. Uh -huh. <laughs> that's what that's what that's what you quoted the shipper. Uh huh. And, and then the carrier the carrier offered to do the load for twenty one thousand. Twenty one thousand on a heavy haul. Okay, so yeah. that's just so you know. That's an incredible profit. It's like $17,000 in profit, but he didn't force the carrier to move that load. It's $21,000. The carrier agreed to move it for $21,000. Now that's unusual. Okay. That's an unusually it, it, I high did, I profit. Choose, I didn't choose the, 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 the cheapest, by the way, because right. I had another offer of 19000 but I just didn't want to go with that guy because... Uh, Right. I, I did so listen, here's the thing. You have you have nothing to feel bad about. You didn't force the carrier to take the load at twenty one thousand, and the yes. shipper saw enough value in giving you the load for thirty eight thousand. So ultimately, you don't have anything to feel bad about, and the carrier has nothing to be upset about because they got what they asked for. Right? They asked for nineteen or twenty one thousand dollars, and they got paid twenty one thousand dollars. You didn't short them, right? You gave them everything you promised. Yep. Right. So you have nothing to feel bad about, but just know. That's an example of how profitable heavy hauls can be, but they're not always going to be that way. But it wouldn't have been unusual to make three to five thousand dollars or more on that type of a load, right? And yeah. that and that would be very very common. This just happened to be a highly profitable load, um, and sometimes they are because you got to understand heavy haul and overdimensional. Those loads can get very complex. I mean, there's a lot of work that can go into these loads. I mean, I'm My, not talking about a typical one pick, one drop band load, right? That's yeah. very simple. I mean, you might have literally hours and hours and hours into just providing a freight quote for a load like this, okay? And then not only that, but the follow-up, the permits, the complexity, all of the legalese, you know, because there's a lot of complexity that goes into heavy haul freight. Matter of fact, I'm not a heavy haul expert by any stretch of the imagination. Romeo knows more about heavy haul than I'll probably ever know. But I know that we had a lot of agents that did do it, but they were very, very good at what they did. And they got paid, they got paid handsomely to do it. So congratulations to you. One, just, just a, a little comment on that. I post only half of my loads on, on truck stop or the different, the different, uh, load boards out there. Uh, Usually, I use the the same carriers for everything. So they they tell me uh, that they have a truck, let's say in Texas, and they they try to find something going at, going close to where my load is, is at, and 
that way I, I can get better rates. Right. Um, uh, sometimes I've been I've been looking loads for them, even that are not mine. I just talk to other people and, and see if they have something for for my cares, so that way they can go get it, uh, go and get get my load. Yeah, let me explain that a little bit further. So, um, the brokers carriers that have specific equipment and he has relationships with them. But if he's got a load picking up in Houston, and the carrier that he wants to use is in Dallas. That driver is going to have to drive all the way from Dallas to Houston empty, okay? And that's very expensive, right? So that would add to the cost for the carrier and add to the cost of the load. So rather than him uh, forcing that driver to just drive empty, the, the carrier and Romeo try to help find him a load down to the Houston area so that it's more profitable for the carrier. Does that make sense? Right. So the carrier doesn't have all that deadhead. Right. So in situations like that, where you have you're struggling to find a truck in a market or where you have a specific carrier you want to use, helping them to find a load to get closer to your load, whether you get paid on that or not, whether you benefit from it or not, it helps your partner, the carrier, and ultimately helps your shipper because now you have the carrier of your choice hauling that load. So you have a higher level of trust. You've got more you've got more rapport with them. It's much going to be a much higher level of service than just finding some random carrier that you've never used before off a load board. Because you got to remember the value of that piece of equipment. How much did that piece of equipment cost? Hundreds of thousands, right? Yes. Hundreds uh, of thousands of dollars. I mean, you got to understand a tractor can cost you a quarter million dollars. A bulldozer, a big bulldozer, a big piece of equipment can cost you millions of dollars. I mean, literally, that can be the value of some of these loads. So uh, it's, there's a lot of complexity there, but I think it's very interesting. Hey, I hope you enjoyed part one of my interview with Romeo Davila. This was a freight broker agent success interview from a past student. So again, this was part one. If you want to check out part two, we're going to release it tomorrow. So make sure you tune in. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I'm humbled that you allowed me to be a part of your day. Now subscribe to the podcast so we can do this more often. And for those of you that take the next 15 to 30 seconds to rate and review the podcast, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. And who knows, maybe we'll give you a shout out on a future episode.